Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Compound Thesis, where we discuss the intersection of crypto and the capital markets. I'm Jim Hiltner, and I'm the head of sales at Compound. Today, our guest is Ty Panich, and she's the CEO and CIO of SCB10X. SCB10X is the venture capital arm of Siam Commercial Bank, and the bank was first established in Thailand. Ty, welcome to the show. Thank you, Tim, and thank you, Compatriot, for having me. Yeah, it's good to see you. Good to see you. I know you've been traveling quite a bit, so thank you for joining us. To kick us off with an icebreaker, I thought you know, it'd be interesting to hear you know, who's your favorite account to follow on crypto Twitter? <laughs> that, that's a good question. There are many, but I guess my favorite is the crypto dog. He's like the crypto OG. I learned a lot from him, but he's very funny and not only just talking about crypto, but also about like life philosophy, about management, and then about like health and wellness. And I like that uh, a lot of time he also show the meal that he's having. So I guess there are different point of view from his perspective. I mean, I started to learn how to cook a little bit over COVID. So maybe I'll have to put some of my meals on Twitter and you can follow <laughs> that. Uh, yeah, you that. never know. There might be a fan club that like that. Yeah, we'll see. I know my mom will be proud. Actually able to put something on the table that was edible. So yeah, just before we dive into to kind of the episode, I wanted to just start with a little bit of background about SCB10X. And you know, it'd also be great to hear, I know that you were recently, congratulations, by the way, promoted to CEO, and just would love to hear more about your journey. Yeah, so um, SCB10X, we are the digital technology investment of the Commercial Bank. And like you said, we are the biggest and oldest bank in Thailand, already 114 years old. So SCB10X, we quite new. We started in uh, early 2020. At the time, the bank wanted to have the investment and venture builder that focus on disruptive technology and basically prepare the bank you know, for the future when the dynamic of financial services industry will be quite different from today. So we are pretty much a speedboat that the bank sent out you know, to scope how are the world going to be like in the future and then invest and bring back the technology and you know, share back to the bank and then also do the building part that can prepare the bank for the future. Yeah, so, so that's us. And we have the two businesses that we do. So investing, that's our venture capital. We invest globally and we invest from seed stage to growth. And in the past two and a half years, we really focus our investment in crypto Web3 area. And we are the investor in the like of Fiblox, Anchorage, Nansen, Talos, The Sandbox, Axila, and many more. As for Venture Builder team, that's the building part. We have the developers in-house with strong technical capabilities. And they can do many things. They can build mobile app. They can build DAP, decentralized app. They can do on-chain activities for our portfolio companies. They want to be able to start a startup and spin it off, raise money from outside, and create the future unicorn for Thailand. And I guess like one of the venture builder portfolio company that we incubated is the like of a board, cross-chain mm-hmm. DeFi dashboard that basically started from our venture building team and we incubated internally. And when it achieved product market fit, we spun it off, raised money from outside. And in May this year, it got acquired by Nansen. Yeah, so that's what we did. And for me, I'm an engineer by background. I went to MIT, Electrical Engineering, Computer Science, undergrad school. And then right after I graduated, I went to work in a startup in Silicon Valley, designing um, network microprocessor. 
And then uh, we got acquired in one and a half years after that, uh, during the dot-com boom. And oh. I work in, yeah, I work in, in the acquired company Broadcom for three and a half more years. So in total, five years in the field, in the engineering field. But during those times, I love investing. I love to know about how things, you know, fit in a big picture, how tech companies interact with each other or compete with each other and how the technology is evolving. So I decided to go back to business school. So went to Harvard Business School and then after that made a career transition into investment management. So for 14 years before I came to SCB 10X, I actually was um, in investing in publicly listed technology companies across globally, but focused a lot in Asia. And yeah, two and a half years ago, I came to SCB 10X to help start SCB 10X along with some of the core team members and was CIO at the time, at the beginning. And yeah, it was a really fun experience because at the beginning, we had zero idea what we're going to do. <laughs> so how you scope down, you know, everything in the world that we could do into a narrow area. That was a very interesting experience. And every day, get to interact with, you know, all these passionate founders in blockchain crypto space is a very rewarding experience to me. Yeah, that's great. I mean, you have such a broad experience on the building side and the investing side. So no wonder the fund or SCB 10X has modeled a lot of your experience in terms of both the studio and the investing side. We'll dive into both of those a little bit more, but you know, it sounds like you have a really broad remit. The landscape that you can invest in is not just global, but it's also across fintech, across Web3. I'm curious, like your origin story or kind of going back, if you can point to any sort of catalyst that led you to start investing in Web3 space. Yeah, so at the beginning, you know, we could do anything. We could invest in anything that are disruptive. So at the time, we were looking into five key areas, which is uh, fintech, future of work and lifestyle, health and wellness, deep tech and IoT. And then my team would tell me that's everything in the world. And I was <laughs> like, yeah, that, that is true. But then, you know, try to narrow down the area that we don't have expertise on. And uh, when it comes to fintech, we always like interested in blockchain. So we go, we went into blockchain and then, you know, came to DeFi. And when we look at DeFi, it was just amazing. I had invested in so many technology companies, especially in like software, but I have never seen anything like this that, you know, 10 people or even fewer than that could start a crypto bank and have 10 billion of assets in the system and could run just like that. It's just so efficient. And that was because of the smart contract, right? That you can write the code to dictate how the counterparties interact with each other, how the interest should be get paid, how the position should be liquidated, things like that, yeah. So it was like really a mess to me. And we think that we have to really study this because it has everything that the traditional finance has. Like it can be like credit lending, trading, derivative, insurance, asset management. So if we are not participating in this, not really studying or investing or partnering, we could completely be disrupted. And so that's why we like, oh, you know, other areas are very interesting, but this is completely disruptive to financial service industry and and we really have to really focus in here and that's why yeah we have been since pretty much focused our investment in um in blockchain defi especially in financial related area yeah and have never looked back since but since then we also expand into other area as well nft related and metaverse because we also feel that um web3 
you know, read, write, own, create the economy is something also very interesting. And bank and other financial services company can also participate in this area. You know, can have bank inside the metaverse as well. Something right. like that. Yeah, I mean, you hit on disruption there, and, and I mean, you're at the tip of the spear, I'm sure, as it relates to you know your access or you know, exposure to this new frontier compared to a bank that's what 114 years old. I think that you said it at the beginning, and so I'm just curious as you were starting to see these opportunities and the disruption that was coming, you know, whether it was DeFi or other sectors that you mentioned in Web3. You know, can you talk about what your process was like convincing stakeholders? Mm-hmm internally at the bank and maybe any success in this space? Because I can imagine that when you first brought this up, they thought, you know, that you might be a little bit, but clearly you've had, you know, the opportunity to, you know, get a lot of support behind you in order to continue Mm -hmm. to build out the investing side and the building side. So just curious, like that process as you went to like legacy, you know, the legacy side of your business and were able to convince them to deploy assets in the space. Yeah, I know that is true. Yeah, at the beginning, it was quite challenging. What we had to do is that we had to do a lot of research. So basically, like we had to have our team, like not just venture capital, but the venture building and the business development people to all doing the research in this area from different angle point of view. And then we try to, you know, become an expert in this area. But of course, we cannot be because it's so new to us. So what we had to do is that we talked to a lot of founders and we see in this area to try to get to understand, you know, the growth area, the opportunities. And then what we do is that when we invest in other area like fintech in the past, we would invest into the VC fund first. And mm-hmm. after we develop expertise for a while, then we would invest directly into startups. So that's what we did too. We decided that, okay, we're going to invest into um we see fund that focus into crypto DeFi area so that we could learn how they do things, what are the things that uh, we should be careful or be aware of, what are the risks and things like that. Yeah, so at the time, we talked to so many VC fund in crypto and DeFi space, learn from pretty much the best and decided to invest that in one of them. So when we have to go to the board, we decided that first we have to educate the board because if you know we invest directly into a startup in this area and the board had no idea about this space, they would not feel comfortable and you know they would be concerned about the risks involved. So we actually had many sessions that we educate the board about the opportunity in crypto, the future of crypto and DeFi. And what we would do is that we would invite the expert in the area, you know, from the CFI area and DeFi area, from the already successful entrepreneurs to come and talk to the board. And that is very good because if we actually go, you know, try to educate the board directly, the board would never believe us because they'd be like, you guys are so new. How can you be the expert? You cannot be. So we decided to take the real expert and, you know, go convince them about the opportunity in this area. Yeah, and then we invest into the VC fund in this specific area, had them also come to talk to the board. And then after a while, then we start investing into this space. But the way we do it is a little bit different from other VC, I think, is that we actually do our own research on the opportunity that um, we think is quite immense in, in, in this space. Like, for example, we would really focus a lot in infrastructure because when the technology is so new like this, investing in infrastructure never hurt. And if in the future, crypto... DeFi blockchain area one to onboard, you know, billion user, you need to really build on infrastructure. 
So we would um, do fundamental research and then try to find particular area that we would like to invest in. And after we do the research, we would find you know, the players in that particular area and choose the top ones and then would go after the founder directly that, oh, we really interested in your company because we think you guys are the best. And if there is opportunity in the future, you guys open the route, we really would like to, to participate. And a lot of time, you know, we found that that's a very good thing because sometimes, you know, the route might open up in one or two months after. And if we hadn't approached them, the deal might not even come to us because the company is so interesting that someone would just come to them and immediately take the route away from us. Um, yeah, so absolutely. It's uh, a lot of it is people driven. You know, it sounds mm-hmm. like you really spent the time getting to know, obviously you had a macro view on where the puck was heading proverbial sense, but you know, you definitely dove into understanding who the people were that were actually building and, you know, mm-hmm. bringing that in front of your board so that they weren't hearing from you, but you were, you know, putting them in front of the actual founders and the builders to hear directly what they're seeing as opportunity and how they're approaching building against a certain problem. Yeah. So there's continues to be more and more time you see every day, more you know, talent that's leaving maybe traditional financial services or tech moving into this space. And you know, just curious, when you're looking at evaluating founders that are building in Web3, what are some of the things that you look at in terms of the teams that you want? To yeah, build? normally for the founder, definitely have to look at the experience that they have before, whether it's really relevant to what they are building because if they already have the experience that you know similar or very relevant to the area that they are building then very likely that they actually know the pain point very well their solution might be able to solve that pain point in a more unique way so we always look at the experience but also the solution that they try to solve that pain point is it really unique or is it like another incremental problems. So we always like the founder that have, you know, unique point of view and build something that are quite different from others. Yeah, it's very unfortunate that uh, I guess nowadays we see a lot of projects that build a bit incremental, too incremental of what already available or try to combine so many of the features together into one, but not many unique startups that are coming out right now that what we see. Yeah. So we, we really hope that we will have a new wave of interesting, unique Web3 companies coming out in the future because right now people really focus on building because of crypto winter. So they can really like, you know, focus and hone in on their business. Yeah, but yeah, so 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 that's, you know, what we, we like and what we see in general. Yeah, we also like the founder to to build in the area that have a big market size. Total overall market time should be big as well because if you're going to grow into a big company, you cannot build like only in a niche market that cannot expand beyond. And then other things will be like the team, you know, if they actually work together before, that will be wonderful, yeah, because startup is just hard and you will go to the down more than up. And so, you know, ability to have that relationship that you work together before and have been through tough time together, that also very important. And then in general, also talking to the founder too, and then, you know, see there's chemistry between our team and them, because we will go through so many things together. Yeah, I, in general, talk to my founders like every week, like sometime every, you know, whatever we can help, we would love to help because, you know, we're excited to, 
to be in this together and you know take our founder to the next level. So if we cannot get along, then it's difficult. Yeah, and and then other things will be like scalability, because can this company you know grow to be a big company or will there be like the best small company for a long long time? Yeah, so so scalability is something that we really pay attention. Revenue model, yeah, they don't have to have like revenue. At that point, when we talk, but they should be thinking deeply about the future, how they're going to monetize. Sometimes we found a founder that uh, really don't care about revenue monetization, just want to onboard you. We would love to hear. We want the founder to think deeply as well about you know the milestone in the future, when you in the future can start getting the revenue. It doesn't have to be immediate. Yeah. Yeah, so it sounds you know the founders out there that have a lot of experience in a particular area that see an opportunity that are you know super passionate, but also building something very innovative rather than bundling you know parts from mm. other services. And those mm. that get along well with you know active investors should be knocking on your door and you know bringing ideas to you. As it seems you know at least in this winter right now, hopefully there's a lot of teams out there I can imagine that are building. Yeah. In certain areas that you would find interesting, and you know, given the winter that we're in right now, hopefully on the other mm-hmm. side, spring, that there's a lot more opportunity for you to deploy and continue to help grow your portfolio companies. And you know, I know you're doing a lot on the building side as well yourself. So I'd imagine that you know, despite you know being in the winter from an investing side, on the building side, I'm sure you're pretty active. You mentioned Eight Board earlier, how you you know spun that out to to a portfolio company earlier this year without leaking too much alpha. What you can disclose, just be curious, what's coming out next in the venture builder studio that you're working on or excited about now? And yeah. and also like walk through just like very quickly, you know, how do those projects come to life? Yeah. So normally, what happens is that for venture studio like us, there would be You know, product owner or founders that would like to start a startup, but they not yet know what they want to build. So the idea is still not in their mind. So they could come to be with us, and you know, spend time with other like-minded. So there will be a lot of our developers and builder in our platform that they could ideate with, and form team. And then you know can come out MVP minimum viable product and then test out launch and then test out to see whether you know there are user or not. So basically, like we want the people who are interested in entrepreneurship to come be with us for them to you know maybe they don't want to go full blown entrepreneurship at the beginning because the fact that you start. A startup bootstrap and don't have you know income might scare them because if they are not so sure yet that the, what area they want to build. So coming to platform like us, we you know we pay salary and bonus and everything, give them time to actually come up with the startup with the idea. So so this type of thing is like a platform that allow you to fail, fail fast and then reiterate. And we really mm-hmm. hope that you know the 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 entrepreneur would like come out with something because I think uh, when they come here, they would like to be successful and be able to start a startup that could spin out and raise money from outside. And, and so that's why we are the platform that provide the cushion to entrepreneurs. And once you know they came out with the idea and tested already, achieve product solution fit, product market fit because you know all these tractions parameters, the number of user really grow exponential. The transaction volume value really grow ex- exponential, and you know there are so many users from different type of countries, and then they come 
because they really like some certain unique things that the founder build, then we would invest in the startup and then spin them out and raise money from outside, and then hope they grow to become you know a big successful company. Yeah, so so right now we have quite a few in the pipeline, and one that I really like is the one that um, build tokenomic auditors and also token wasting insights dashboard. I think that nowadays there are so many projects that launch token, but whatever they wrote in their white paper and what they actually really implement might not be really like 100%, you know, matching. And right now, nobody actually went in and actually looked at exactly whether it's matched with the white paper or not. So something like this, like uh, as an investor, I'm always curious. And, you know, for someone to come in and do all the legwork, I think for the VC, we wouldn't mind paying for something like this as a subscription, but we would like someone to go in, do the research, deep dive, and then, you know, report out as like a tokenomic auditors and also on investing schedule as well. When will tokens be unlocked and the impact and things like that? Yeah, and who are selling during all this unlock? If we could get more insight and the impact. That's exciting. Yeah. I mean, they, yeah. you know, the, do your own research, right? But it sounds like your own research as a service, you know, providing that type of a visibility for investors to ensure, you know, that the projects are actually launching as mm-hmm. end. So it certainly sounds like a very interesting product. I'm sure a lot more to come out of the pipeline, but uh, I think we, you know, we've covered a lot of ground. We just wanted to leave it open before we, we head out to see if there's anything else you wanted to cover today, but really appreciate your time. Yeah, no, thank, thanks, Tim, for having me. Yeah, so yeah, just in general, for us, we are not just investor and builder, but we always love to educate the general public, you know, how fascinating is um, this area of blockchain and crypto. And, uh, you know, it can have so much impact to various uh, industries, just like internet back in 2000. And therefore, we would like to educate the public about this area. So we ha- always have a lot of events. Recently, we had the DeFi Virtual Summit that we invited Rob, other founders to come to speak to the public. And we always have hackathon as well, multiple times a year so that we could draw in people who interested to build, to try it out and win the prize. And hopefully they can either come and build with us or they can build with the, our partners who come as like um, judge and mentors. Yeah, really hope that uh, all the builders out there will focus on building. And, you know, if they are looking to do fundraising, please contact us because we are actively investing. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. We'll definitely use this platform, you know, for continued education for builders and for investors. And would love to have you on future shows because I'm sure a lot more will come out of both the portfolio in the builder side as well as on your fund side. And not a bad opportunity to do a hackathon on a beach in Thailand. So uh, <laughs> those out yes. there that are looking for a good destination to do a hackathon. You person. can be our mentor next time on yeah, that that's beach, right. I'll be the beach area. Yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to take you up on that. Again, really appreciate it, Ty. Thank you so much. That's all the time we have. I really appreciate everybody for tuning in and we'll be back again soon with a great another episode of Compound Thesis. Okay. Thank you very much.